who's in love right now man it's for everybody i want you to tell that special someone you want to take her to honolulu dog y'all go on a beach and fucking chill man this is for y'all man we love love one love that's it that's all we gotta do for man we just want to show everybody that we mean everything to everybody everybody's somebody somebody everybody's somebody's everything thank you for the support peace afternoon or good evening and welcome to the vanguard force bike please dear god what was that song cohen <laughs> i am matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom hey everybody uh and shout out to matt hicks and his friend whose name i forget for blessing us blessing us 
blessing with us that with song, that song honolulu yeah they that was a that was a blessing <laughs> that was a blessing that is a great song i'm you're well you're all welcome for that uh it's been about 30 hours since you and i were last together i know it's been forever it has been it's been the better part of two days since we've seen each other i'm kind of sad i'm actually pretty sad me too if you if you notice like i'm i'm florida cold right now i'm i am layered i am much more layered now than i was in georgia over the weekend you didn't bring cold weather clothing no god no and i'm not 100 percent sure why because i uh 100 percent didn't didn't check the weather yeah you were dressed like you didn't check the weather and had no way to adjust now because all of your clothes were far from home or far from where you were because yeah, that's, you, that's essentially what happened here. Yeah. You basically, so for the better part, uh, for those who don't know guys, we were in Georgia for the, uh, Georgia libertarian party convention and debate and after party, which was at night, but it was even cold during the day. And our friend Matt here, uh, was freezing. Was, was dressed for you know 50s 60s not 30s now i will admit that the jacket that i was wearing is made out of wool and is a lot thicker than it looks yeah it doesn't look like it's ready for sub freezing temperatures to put in perspective how cold it was i don't think that we were in sub freezing temperatures oh it it went below 32 uh uh, at night when we were out there it was like 36 37 something like that uh was it really it was you were putting on your brave face. Uh, guys, to put it in perspective, I left one of my Kroger purified drinking waters out in the car the, the, that night. And uh, when I came out to um, go back to see Matt and the rest of Team Supreme uh, the following day, it was frozen. It was frozen. There was It was mostly ice because hmm. it had gotten down about 26 that night. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it was really, really, really cold, and Matt was wearing a business jacket, uh, or, or a bla- what was it, a blazer? I don't know. Whatever. A blazer <laughs> and a t-shirt. Uh, so it was fun. So we had a good time, yeah. and we'll talk more about that later. But sure. Matt was cold, and I'm glad that you are now uh, bundled up there. You know, the entire weekend, I did not have uh, kava given to me by Justin, like I do. Mm. Or what seems to be every single episode of this show. And I did have, and have now, Kroger. Delicious pure Kroger purified drinking water. Hey, that it's I drink. 8424 over on Float. How are you? Hey, Studio8424, how the hell are you? How the hell are you? Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Now, you did actually bring kava this time, so that was I did. good for you. I didn't really use it that much, though. I did not use it as much as I was expecting to. Because you were so cold. Yeah. That's accurate. It was, uh, you were cold. I, was, I, I could would, feel I would, how cold you were. It was, it was pretty bad, guys. So, so speaking of, of frigid, um, one of the uh, candidates um, in, in, in Georgia... Uh, and, and before, let me preface this by saying that she bought Matt pizza. 
She did. Um, she bought me pizza. She bought pizza. She actually bought all of us pizza. I just can't eat pizza or hot wings. But she did buy pizza and hot wings for everybody. Uh, Joe Jorgensen and her um, and her campaign manager Joe Hopman. I think his name is Hopman. Uh, Joe. Joe's yeah. Joe Hopman, I think. Nice guy. Uh, and she she seemed nice as well. Um, but, uh, Joe Jorgensen was there. Uh, she came in second in the debate, uh, second to, uh, Adam Kokesh and, uh, Vermin came in third. Uh, it was actually a, almost a tie with 26 to 29 between, uh, Vermin and, uh, and Joe, but she, uh, so she came and she did a pretty decent job with her debating skills and so forth. And I uh, was really appearing to try to line up that VP spot for Lincoln Chafee. Uh, and, uh, so anyway, okay, like, I know we're going to get into Georgia a little bit more. That's true. That's later. true. Yeah. Um, but man, she was just she she was going to town on that Chafee. Yeah. Uh, trying to get that trying to get that VP nod. She felt that she felt the chafe. Um, yeah. And she was she was pretty. I mean, it, it was obvious she felt like. Chafee was going to get the nomination and she was just sliding in for that VP spot or she's sure she's going to get it. And she wanted Chafee to have the VP spot. I'm not sure, but they were possibility. Also, that's also possible. You never know, but she, uh, she she was looking for Chafee on her cabinet in some, some way, shape or form or for her to be on. Yeah. They they were angling to be on the same team, uh, which uh, uh, seemed to have worked well for her because she came in second, did not work well for Chafee, who I believe got Mm -hmm. zero votes. I was going to say, um, did not place. Did not place uh, anywhere near anywhere. Uh, but so anyway, in her materials, because uh, everyone hands out these, yeah, we, we each, you know, everyone hands out these different campaign materials for the tables for people to see. Joe's was pretty good. It talks about being a, a, a Switzerland and all this stuff, but it, it has some interesting stuff there, doesn't it, Matt? It does. It doesn't say anything about Switzerland on here. On the back, on the back, it mentions uh, being like Switzerland armed and neutral or something. That's the back. Yeah, no, not not, not on the one I got anyway. That's weird. Mine what? had a whole thing on the. Yours doesn't have anything on the back. No, mine mine had oh, nothing on funny. the back. That's funny. Mine had a whole yeah. thing on the back. Yeah, mine oh. mine was only the front. Okay, well that doesn't matter anyway. So on the front, there's some interesting stuff there, yeah. huh, Matt? On the front, it gives you it gives you a little bit of her bio. It says mm-hmm. uh, the Libertarian. Party VP nominee with Harry Brown, 1996, Libertarian right. Party candidate for South Carolina's 4th Congressional District, 92, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, yeah. Life member of the Libertarian Party. And then there are a few adjectives that her campaign team chose to describe her. Mm. And uh, they're listed right there. It's going to be hard to read because you're going to get the light. This is a very glossy. Yeah. So glossy finish on this. So the word started, in question. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll go. Okay, we'll go through. Okay, no, fair enough. Principled. Mm-hmm. Sure. Persuasive. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Practical. Courageous. Excited. Now, all of those can be debated in their own way. Sure. The word that's in question is the word vivacious. 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 That is a... That is a word. 
That is a word. So we wanted to show a video and let everybody decide whether or not she is vivacious. Yeah, this is from the South Carolina convention. Not much has changed in terms of vivacity. And so this is a good barometer, a vivacity barometer, if you will, uh, or vivacidometer uh, to determine if you think she's vivacious or not. You can listen for yourself. Yes. Sex work? Yeah, sex work. Um, what is your position on that? I would say that's not an issue that I've heard the voters are interested in. Let me tell you what my platform is, and I would probably talk about the income tax or something, because that's not mm. something that concerns most voters. Yeah, I know. I and love watching you in this video. I, 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 <laughs> can I you see? Yeah, you can see my face down in the bottom there recording all, uh, it. Yeah. I really don't want to, um, you know, to, I, I, I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. But we're all just a little geeky in that we've got answers for everything. And we've got great answers for everything. And yeah, we just can't just wait stop. to share our answers for everything. I was on the campaign trail in 1996 for the VP nomination. And somebody asked me a question about Bureau of Land Management. And by golly, I just read a book the, the week before. And I could tell them all about the Bureau of Land Management. The problem is the average person out there doesn't care. And so as libertarians, I think we need to restrain ourselves and to persuade people or find the people who agree with what we do agree with. So you don't have a position on sex work? Oh, I have a position. It's mm. not part of the it's mm. not part of the campaign mm. to outreach to bring new people into the party. So you wouldn't answer the question if you were on CNN live on town hall today? I, I I would the short answer is no. <laughs> Wow, okay, so now you're afraid to ask me questions. <laughs> so you can't really hear it that well. The crowd, their response was like... It was like an audible, ooh. Ooh. And it's then like one you person were watching says, a video of somebody getting hit in the nads online. It's, ooh. Yeah, that, people, it was a cringe. It was yeah. a collective cringe from about 100 people going, ooh. And then one guy at the end goes, Wow. Like it yeah. was, I mean, it was that vivacious. That was vivacious. That was, was vivacious. It, As Rimzo Martinez, the author of the great book, Stay Away from the Libertarians and How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship, says, My vivacity sense is not tingling. Yeah, I bet. It, yeah, no, that's a good describer. Rimzo Martinez, author of How to Worship Satan um, <laughs> by Voting Republican, is uh, the. <laughs> Um, is correct, 100% correct there. Um, it's a great book, by the way. It, it is. It's a great book. I don't want to give away the ending. You, you but should actually check out the real spoiler title alert. Of How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship. It's a, it's a really good book. I do uh, like the book. I worship Satan. I hail him in all times and ways. Um, it's. I don't want to give away the ending, but it, it, it has quite a, a hook at the end. Right. <laughs> It's actually, I did actually read it. It's a good book. It's a good book. But um, yeah, no, it's it it it's not vivacious, Remzo. No, vivacious. It's definitely not vivacious. Not a word I would use to describe her. Definitely not. Speaking of vivacious, uh, uh, Ma Magner Delorn, 
uh, asks, oh, well, actually, speaking of vivacious, this episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Daddy, Dad, Libertarian Dad Bod calendar uh, featuring all of these sexy Libertarian men you've come to know and love, including myself right there. Uh, be sure to go to LibertarianDadBod.com to get one today. It's only $12, including shipping. It's also brought to you, this episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle-related caucus in the Libertarian Party. We just got buttons that came out. If you want a button, be sure to get in touch with me and I'll get you a button. Speaking of waffles and vivacity and Satan, <laughs> Magner Dorn over at YouTube asked us uh, if we have come to, if we were able to resolve the great syrup debate. Uh, we are at, I guess, a truce on the syrup debate. Dispute. It's fair. Uh, so I, I that's a, what the comment says dispute. Oh, did I say, what did I say? Debate? Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, so Matt and I went to uh waffle house right before I dropped him off. As, on that. as we are wont to do, as we are wont to do, uh, before the long, sad goodbye. And by long, sad goodbye, I mean, I entered every single wrong entrance into the Atlanta airport before finally, finally finding the one that Matt actually needed. So it, it literally took 40 minutes. Uh, but yep. before that we went to waffle house. And Matt did this to a waffle. <laughs> well, wow, that's that's that literally the picture of the waffle that Matt decided to put the entirety of the container of syrup atop. You can't even read Waffle House on the waffle anymore. So drowned is it. That was not the entirety of the bottle. Don't. It was. Was it not? If it was, if it would, no. Oh, there was okay. still half a bottle left. Well, I, it was a big bottle then. So it literally needed, he needed a bowl or, or some kind of like rim around the, the plate because it's, it was almost came out of the plate. This triggered a near mutiny in the Waffle House caucus. And I'm not uh, mutiny isn't happening. Well, here's what I'm not I know. Calling it a near mutiny. I mean, I'm the only admin, so <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like so I'm not all that worried. I just want to say, but uh, it was it was it, it got pretty contentious because it was perceived that I was judging Matt, which, as we know, libertarians don't do. Libertarians do not judge Matt, uh, but I wasn't judging. I just had some questions. Like, for example, who does that? That was one question. And a good number of people did. And that's true. And I thought, okay, fine. Good number of people do this to their waffles and their bodies. Chris, Christy Kendrick? Oh, are we, are we getting totally acceptable? Yeah, okay, listen. Fine. Fine, I see. I see. And, and Tom, Team Matt, great. Wonderful. Good for all of you. I'm happy and glad for each of you. Um, but, yeah. So, that's what happened there. And then... So, it was resolved as well as one could expect. <laughs> what am I missing? Tom Arnold. Wexit. Or White House exit. <laughs> or Waffle House exit. Waffle House exit. Waffle... Waffle... dust. Wexodus? Wexodus. Would Jexit? Christy wants to know where the butter was. Okay, so Christy, in all fairness, the reason there is no butter on that waffle 
is strictly and only because they did not give me butter, nor did they give me syrup. Spike had to grab the syrup from the shelf behind the counter in order for me to get that. And which butter I, which I regret. Within, <laughs> butter was not within reach. No, um, but we do know there are some people who bring their own stick of butter to avoid all of that. So, I mean, you know, modern problems require modern solutions. It's true. And uh, speaking of modern solutions, uh, a man in... Where is where is the Seattle? Uh no. Yes, this one. <laughs> Sorry. This one was in Seattle. Yes. A man in Seattle. Tell us about the man in Seattle, Matt. Um, sorry, I got an update for something later in the show, and I was trying to read it really quick. No. Thomas no. Croon. Thomas Croon from Seattle bought a firehouse at a Seattle auction for $712,000 after seeing the ad featuring the words unique residential dwelling back in 2012. Uh, he purchased it. He purchased it, thought it was going to be make a very cool residential dwelling, spent thousands of dollars in years remodeling it into a place his family could spend holidays, have parties, fundraisers, and whatever else until the land use notification land use notice of violation arrived in July of 2016. Now, that means that he bought it 2012. Bought it right. in auction 2012 uh, under the guise that it was going to be for residential and he ended and four years later after he spent all the money and the time and everything else that right. was when they're like oh wait what are you doing you can't do this <laughs> with the house that you bought from us right the uh notice said discontinue on all unauthorized uses including but not limited to office and residence because the legally established use of the property is as a public facility and then in parentheses fire station because god knows there were a number of people looking to buy a fire station for the purpose of being the local firemen that just happens all the time honey let's recreate ourselves i know you were wanting to retire but instead let's move to seattle and be firemen now but not live there however i mean i think if it's a fire station you could probably live there well, he now, so so the only problem is that he wasn't out fighting fires, probably. Like it, if they if he had a fire truck, it was fighting fires. Like I could see a libertarian actually purchasing this <laughs> to be a private firefighter, right? And they start charging. That'll be twenty dollars. Well, it'd probably be a lot more than that, but like, re- be on retainer and be right. like, if your house catches on fire, call me. I will come and I'll put it out. I mean, I'm fine with this business model. I'm just not fine with the. How, and this was how many years later he bought it? He four. bought it in 2012. So four years later. Yep. Um, <laughs> insanity. So he was also sued by the city of Seattle for alleged violations of city municipal code for using Fire Station 38 as something other than a fire station. And according to Tom Kroon, the city's lawsuit against him was accruing penalties of $500 a day for a total of someplace around $400,000 in arrears. $400,000 in arrears when he purchased a house 
for residential purposes, and they never told him that that wasn't allowed. Make things worse, in the ad, this is going to come later, but we're going to say it now, in the ad for the uh, for the auction, mm-hmm. it says that it was a... Did I not put it in there? Maybe I didn't put it in there. Uh, in the ad, it says that uh, it is for a quirky residential uh, quirky residential uh, purchase. Right. So he had every reason to think that. Right. So a guy named David Graham, who is a unique is residential it, dwelling. That's a that unique residential dwelling. It is unique. It's unique in that it looks like a firehouse, and you're going to get sued for half a million dollars right. in about four years. It's very unique that way. Uh, so David Graham, Kroon's uh, attorney, signed on to help him. Uh, and thankfully, the city of Seattle immediately dropped the suit and started working uh, on changing the paperwork. So now he's so I guess he's suing for his legal fees now. Yeah. So what what happened was uh, the city suit as soon as Graham got signed on and they're like, look, you, you advertise this as a unique residential dwelling. Right. Um, Based on that and the fact that nobody said anything to him at the time of purchase or at the time of uh, settlement that, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to have to change this to a residential dwelling in the city's uh, tax uh, code thing. Right, right. The zoning or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, with the zoning board. Because none of that was told to him and they said that you have it advertised as this and nobody ever told us any different. That's on you because if it were citizen to citizen and it was advertised as a residential dwelling and somebody purchased it based on that and then bought it and then it's like, oh, yeah, you can't use this as residential. The person who sold it to them would be culpable. Right, right. So in the same way, it would be here. So they said, okay, screw it. We're just going to go to the zoning board. We're going to get this changed. So now it's residential and he is allowed to uh, use it however he sees fit. Um, and currently he is working on getting back roughly fifty to $80,000 in legal fees for Kroon from the city. So it looks so like he- it's, it looks like it's ending as good news. It is. But what it's a stupid thing to happen for to begin with. Right. It is it, it it was a win on personal property rights for somebody. Right. But it, it, it started as a loss to begin with because they were oh, doing yeah, it in that, the first place. That but, had to be because I mean this has been going on since twenty sixteen and we're now in twenty twenty. Right. So this has been It's been going, going on for a, for almost a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh pretty insane stuff and uh now you're probably thinking, now that's probably the last story they're going to give us about government harming people for no good reason. Well, you must not have seen this show before. <laughs> so another great story was where the DEA seized uh, the life savings of someone uh, who is get, who has dementia. Is that correct? No, uh, suffers from mental decline. It does not say dementia in the article, so I'm okay. not going to... Okay. Go okay. So let me say that. Okay. So he's uh, uh, um, a guy named Terry Rowland. I think I'm saying that correctly. Terry Rowland, pictured here with his daughter, uh, had saved uh, over a lifetime 
and he had uh, $82,373 stacked in a large Tupperware container. Um, he uh, had never used a bank before, um, but he asked his daughter, Rebecca Brown, pictured there, uh, to open a joint savings account because he was worried about having too much cash on hand. Uh, she was traveling back home from Pittsburgh, uh, not stopping at the bank first, uh, and 10 minutes before she takes off, She's approached by the DEA. Now, here is here is her mistake. They asked her questions, and she answered them. Right. She said she explained the situation to who she thought were reasonable, normal people that were just trying to figure out what was going on. And so she explained... We're the government and we're here to help. We're the government and we're here to help. And so she said, oh, officers, this is a perfect misunderstanding. Uh, You know, I'm just carrying this cash for my dad. He's, uh, you know, suffering from mental decline. And he, uh, you know, he he asked me to open a joint savings account because he's worried about having too much cash because he doesn't want to forget it. So they called him. Well, he suffers from mental decline. He was confused, wasn't sure what they were talking about, or possibly... He possibly didn't trust him either. That's the other thing. It might be that his mental was good enough to know what I'm about to tell you, which is don't talk to the police. So for whatever reason, he didn't say the same thing she said, and so they seized all of the cash. Right then and... Right there. And as of right now, they still have it. Is that correct, Matt? They, uh, yes, they still have it as of right now. Now, the way that this entire thing played out is when she was going through TSA, the uh, first line of annoying us, um, she was going through TSA, came up on the scanners. Mm-hmm. They pulled her bag out, talked to her for a little bit. They talked to her for interrogated her as much as TSA can actually interrogate somebody um, interrogated her for a while. And then 10 minutes before she needed to be on the plane, she, they said, okay, you can go. So she's rushing to the plane. She's got all of her stuff. She thinks she's in the clear. The moment she gets there, she is met by DEA agents mm. who begin interrogating her on the spot. Right. In that moment, 10 minutes or less before she has to be on this plane. And she is now stuck trying to answer these questions, worried about missing her plane, worried about her 82,370. Well, her dad's Mm $82,373 and faced with being interrogated by the federal government, by the DEA. Um, The DEA took it. Because the dad didn't corroborate the story that she gave. Yep. And the DEA hasn't given it back. Hasn't given uh, it back. And now the, the the loss of the savings has prevented uh, Terry, uh, that's the right name, name right? Terry Rollins? Yeah. Terry from getting uh, treatment for painful tooth decay and gum disease. Uh, it has kept him from being able to fix up his pickup truck, which is his only means of transportation. He's living on retirement benefits from a job as a railroad engineer. Again, I'm not trying to victim blame here because they're in the wrong, not her. And she, like 
she, like most people, thought that when the government, when the police, when the agents, whatever, come up and ask you what's going on, they're just trying to get to the bottom of it. They just want to know, they want to do the right thing and make sure everything's okay. So she told them. But that's the problem. They aren't just trying to get to the bottom of things and find out, you know, what's the right thing that's going on. They want to have callers. They want to show that they're getting money. They want to work their way up the ranks. They don't care what it does to your life. If it ruins it, they're fine with that. They actually like to be able to show how many lives they've ruined. That's part of the whole incentivization of working your way up the ranks. When you get approached by law enforcement in any scenario, I don't care if it's getting pulled over for a speeding violation or whatever, or something like this. You say, I don't answer questions. I want to speak to my attorney. And then you shut up. And they're going to say all sorts of stuff to you because they lie. And they're going to say, oh, no, we're not trying to arrest you. We're just figuring out. Listen, you got a lot of cash. Is it a Tupperware thing? We're worried. We're just trying to make sure that shut up. Shut up. Don't talk to them. Just shut Shut up. Shut up. I want to speak to my attorney and then shut up. Yep. Now, interestingly, back in uh, 2017, Mm. the DEA made more than 8,850 seizures worth 539 million. Yep. This is the uh, last uh, latest agency, latest agency, Agency stat- man, that is difficult to say. <laughs> Latest agency statistics for a full year. Right. Uh, a 2016 USA Today investigation found that DEA agents seized at least 209 million in cash from travelers at the nation's 15 busiest airports over the previous decade. So that's nearly 600 million dollars in a given year. Just two, what? Uh, not even three years ago. So I mean, that's probably indicative of how much they've been seizing. If anything, it's probably gone up. Yes. And what do you Sarah, want to uh, Sarah Brannion has a good question. There's no amount of money that's illegal to fly with. No. No. However, what I have learned from researching this story, the government can take anything over $5,000. Even though it's no not amount, illegal. Yeah. Even though it's not illegal. If they think that you are possibly using it for anything illegal... They can just take it. The U.S. government in 2015 or 2016 put $150 billion on an airplane to send to the Islamic Republic of Iran, whom we are told, oh, it's taxpayer money, whom we are told is our enemy. You can't bring more than $5,000 onto an airplane. If they ask you anything, tell them you want to speak to an attorney and then shut up. An attorney can deal with this and you'll more than likely be able to keep your money and you may even have a nice little lawsuit depending on how they treat you. Shut up. Shut up. Stop telling them things. They don't want to fix the problem. They are the problem. The problem isn't anything. We're just trying to figure this out. There's nothing to figure out. You had money. It's none of their business. But they doesn't stop them from robbing people to the tune of, uh, what, $209 million from, just from the nation's 15 busiest airports. Right. The federal government is the biggest thief, 
It's also the largest murderer and the biggest kidnapper, but it's the biggest thief in the country, bar none. Serotonin has another good question. How long can they hold it with no further evidence? Well, after all of the work that uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Brown put in to making sure, like trying to get the money back because that's her dad's life savings. In October, she received a notice that the DEA planned to permanently seize the cash, citing its authority to make such moves to combat crime. This is a woman who has never committed a crime, whose father, well, okay, possibly has never committed a crime, probably nothing on the DEA level of crime. Right. Uh, and her father, who, same, same deal, the DEA just took all of their money, well, all yep. of his money, yep. took all of his money, took his entire life savings because they, they have can. that authority to make such moves to combat crime. Not that she did anything wrong, just that they can. Right. Just that they can do it. They did it. Can Can you imagine saying to someone... Well, I was a little concerned about this money situation, how where you got it from, so I stole it from you, and you're never going to get it back because I can do such a thing. That's what the government does, and we've become so conditioned to think that that's perfectly normal. Yep. I mean, there will there are literally people that you know and respect. I guarantee you that there are people out there that you know and respect. On this, the day after Happy National Cheese Lovers Day, who will tell you that it is perfectly normal. They'll say, oh, well, you know, this, this, this situation was sad. This situation was sad. But, you know, you, know, you never know. Might have, she might have criminal connections. And even if she didn't, you know, they got to they gotta, they gotta protect us from the criminals. You know, like the people who will rob you when you're just trying to live your life. Like the people who would try to, I don't know, take your mentally declining father's entire life savings because they can. Because they can. Because why not? Just because they can. And like, uh, I think it was Hampiance said in the comments, you got to sue to get it back. Right. Which You you have to spend money to get your own money back. To get your own money back. And is that going to cost you more than $82,373? That's more Maybe. of a question for Chris Reynolds. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, whatever it costs. Because here's the thing. You can possibly win and then you can have a lawsuit and try to get your money, blah, 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 blah. And you may even come out whole and even get some additional you know, money back from it you know, to, to pay for your costs or whatever. Or at least be made whole having spent years fighting it. And who knows what other threats they put on you in the meantime, because the federal government didn't just the DEA. It's also the IRS and all sorts of other agencies, the State Department, in case you want to get your passport renewed, uh, end up on a no-fly list accidentally. I mean, this is the federal government. And it's this kind of stuff that people that you respect will defend entirely based on conditioning that well, you know, it's bad that they did that, but they're just trying to protect us. From whom? People that would rob you and tell you that they can? Because it sounds like that's what they are. Legitimately, it is a mob scheme. Yeah. yeah it's protection. It's a protection yeah, racket. It's, yeah, it's a protection racket. Yeah. And unfortunately for Terry Rowland and his daughter, Rebecca Brown, 
they fell victim to the scheme to the to to the protection racket of the federal government. Yeah, no, it is it is an absolutely thieving and disgusting organization. And speaking of disgusting thieves, Hillary Clinton, Matt, uh, murderer too, uh, says in an interview said in an interview recently that nobody likes Bernie and nobody wants to work with him. And then she backed Warren's obvious lie about Bernie saying that a woman can't be president by stating that's particularly true with what's going on right now with the Bernie campaign having gone after Liz, the Native American Warren, with a very personal attack on her. Then this argument about whether or not or when he did or didn't say that a woman couldn't be elected, it's part of a pattern. If it were a one-off, you might say, okay, fine. But he said I was unqualified. I had a lot more experience than he did and got a lot more done than he had. But that was his attack on me. Hillary Clinton pictured here, not liking Bernie. So the knives are out for Bernie, Matt. Yeah, the knives are definitely out for Bernie. And so when I, when I start writing this portion of the notes today, uh, Hillary Clinton says in an interview that nobody likes Bernie and nobody wants to work with him. There were so many different punchlines. I decided just to use her own quote as the punchline. Yeah. Uh, because I, I couldn't choose. All A of comprehensive them. list of people who like Hillary. Right. She is the woman who lost to Donald J. Trump. She is not a well-liked individual. Donald Trump at a time when America was discovering what he was going to be like as president. Like now people are used to it. It, it, They become somewhat like desensitized to someone acting that way. Right. No, this was pre all of that. Yep. Yeah. This was people going, oh my gosh, he's going to, he can potentially be our president for the next four years. And then they look at her and go, I mean, well, I guess whatever. And a lot of them just stayed home. And then they might have looked at Gary Johnson and then, you know, Gary Johnson's running mate, Bill Weld, goes, oh, you should vote for Hillary. And they go, well, that option isn't there. And so he got elected. That's how much people like Hillary. She lost to Donald Trump at the easiest time to beat Donald Trump. It's definitely Bernie's fault, Matt. Oh, 100%. In in the great battle of the most unlikable, <laughs> Hillary won. So I guess she is a winner in one sense. She did win uh, that. She won she won both the electoral college and well she didn't win the popular vote in that, but she did win the electoral college and who's least likable between <laughs> uh between uh uh, uh Trump and, and Hillary. Uh, between the two most hated people on earth, which one was truly the champion of being hated, and uh, and it was Hillary. But no one who, likes Bernie. Was the number one most hated, and it, it's Hillary Clinton won. So this is happening at a time when uh, Liz Warren's accusation fell pretty flat. Her approval rating dropped like fourteen percent from a previous poll. Bernie's now possibly picking up the steam and and, and collecting the votes from the left the support from the left to run a real challenge against Biden and become the front runner, knocking him out, if not in Iowa, then in, in, uh, in, well, possibly in Iowa, but also in, in Nevada and, uh, and New Hampshire. And then here comes Hillary 
to do the Me Too, no one likes Bernie shtick. Do you think it's going to work? Uh, I saw a great meme earlier. Uh, not a meme. It's a uh, article from a satire site in Canada, the Beaverton or something. Okay. Um, and it said Bernie Sanders relieved to not get Hillary Clinton endorsement. And I think that's kind of more along the lines of that's what, I'm saying, what this yeah. is like. Yeah. I feel like he's like, well, good. She's not, she's not backing me. Yeah, no, I'm glad that she's saying that, 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 that no one likes me. I'm like, I'm very happy about that. I mean, listen, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if this is going to, how much, if at all, this is really going to hurt him because if anything, it kind of shows like this to me seems pretty open and brazen that the, you know, establishment wing of the Democratic Party is just going to do war with Bernie and anyone who tries to get in the way of Biden to lose to Trump. Like, I, I, I he's going to lose to Trump. He's going to lose to Trump. And as someone who's running for and is increasingly likely to be the vice presidential libertarian party, it's just weird even saying that, the, the, the vice presidential nominee for the libertarian party, and with my running mate in that case more than likely to be vermin supreme, having Joe Biden and Donald Trump as the main competitors to us is kind of ideal for us. Like, it would be harder for us to make headway amongst, you know, the youth and politically unaffiliated if a more brash, outspoken, somewhat outside-of-the-box politician type like Bernie were to come on and be the nominee. Or even a, gosh, really anyone but Biden. I mean, Joe Biden is as bad as the Democrats will allow to still be a Democrat from their perspective. And I mean, Matt likes him in defense. If he hadn't him. been Obama's VP for That's eight it. years, he wouldn't be there. Wouldn't have a shot. Wouldn't have this a is, shot. This is a thanks Obama moment because if, if Obama hadn't done that, Biden wouldn't even be in contention right now. It would probably be Warren or Bernie. It would be either Warren or Bernie. We can literally think, we can say thanks Obama to Biden being the be, being the one because... He's got nothing. All he has to do is say, I was Obama's VP. And most people who don't fully pay attention to the ins and outs of this stuff are like, all right, good enough for me. He seems right. like he's going to return us to the Obama years or whatever. Right. As someone who potentially is going to be running against whoever the Dem Democrats nominate and Trump and Mike Pence, this is kind of ideal for us. It's also horrifying as someone who might have to live under the governance of either continue under Donald Trump or under a Joe Biden. But, uh, I mean, from a, from a political standpoint, it couldn't underscore the point we try to make more that this whole thing is a joke. Uh, what is it? Michael Malice says that it doesn't matter who you vote for, you get John McCain. And this really underscores that, that like, I think it was Michael Malice who said that. Um, but it really doesn't matter. You're going to end up with the same garbage every single time. So vote for me instead. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, uh, 
So, so what, let's make a prediction here, Matt. Do you think that Bernie's numbers are going to go up or down in the wake of this? Uh, so, as we were saying, uh, as you and I were talking about it yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which nobody else was here for, uh, Elizabeth Warren is Bernie Sanders, female Bernie Sanders light. Light, yeah, yeah. So I think that I think Elizabeth Warren's going to get hurt by this and her numbers are going to go down and those numbers are going to transfer to to Bernie to Bernie. I don't think it puts him over the top. I don't think it hurts Liz Warren that bad. Uh, she just got the New York Times. She and Amy Klobuchar just yeah, got the New York Amy Times Klobuchar, endorsement. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that you are going to get a large number of female voters who want the female president they want their woman president so they're going to back those two and since elizabeth warren has a much better shot of winning than amy klobuchar amy klobuchar which is right right sad to say because neither one of them have a shot at all um, no no not even a little bit um i i don't think it's going to hurt him that bad i honestly don't think it's going to it's not going to hurt him, and I don't think it hurts her all that bad either. Like I she's going to take a dip, and she's going to take a dip, and a few of the younger generation, the millennials, and the the one after that, zillennials or whatever, zoomers, um, zoomers, yeah, the zoomers that are uh, on the liberal side of things who are mm-hmm. backing those who are backing these people, right? They are going. A few of those female and male are going to switch over to Bernie. Fair enough. I, I think anybody over that anybody over uh, Gen X and up, if if they're backing one of them, they're not changing their mind on this now. That's what I was thinking. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I think if it makes any difference, Bernie will get a little bit of a bump from it. Um, right? Is that going to be enough to take him up above Biden? No, no, no. I th- I th- I think Biden's the prohibitive favorite at this point. Like I think he he has already withstood calling black children cockroaches. And talking about how he like how they they themselves volunteered to go underwater and rub his leg hair. They chose to do that. They did those they little like cockroaches, and then they enjoyed sitting on his lap, and he loved having them there. And then after that, he threatened to wrap a chain around a black man's neck for playing on the diving board. His words. Yeah. The best part about Biden is we don't have to make anything up. No, his words. Nothing. Absolutely nothing gets made up with him. These are Called all them his Esther own Williams words. Too. It is insane. So, and I love it. Yeah, no, I love it too. No, I, I love it. It's hilarious. And it does help my electoral prospects too. So there's not, it's all upside for me. Um, yeah. So speaking of... Everything is coming up spike. Everything is coming up spike. Poor Joe Biden. Always the spikes made and never the spike. That's right. Speaking of um, odd segues, something happened in Virginia, Matt. Back on National Cheese Lovers Day. National Cheese Lovers Day rally in (laughs) Richmond. It It was great. It was a great National Cheese Lovers Day. It was a great national cheese. Every Lovers Monday, day. the twenty every what is it? Every is it every third Monday or every twenty first or every twenty 
It's every 20th. Every 20th? Every oh, January the 20th. 20th. Every January 20th is, as we know, National Cheese Lovers Day. Fun fact, it's also National Penguin Day. Is it? It is. Well, you know who likes cheese? Virginians. <laughs> Tell us about that rally, that cheese rally, Matt. Uh, yesterday, thousands, thousands of protesters uh, of people showing their disdain for proposed gun laws by Governor Blackface and the newly elected Democratic Assembly uh, showed up to rally in Virginia. As you can see here by this photo, uh, estimates, did I put those in there? No. Estimates put it somewhere between 22 and 35,000. Holy hell. From what I saw. Um, so tens of thousands of people showed up to this. All, most of them armed heavily. Oh yeah, the pe- So uh, can you put the can you put the graphic back up? Sure. Thanks. The people inside of that fence, they are not armed. Everybody right. outside of that fence, probably armed. Probably armed. Now, uh, of the people in the fence, you had to go through security. You had to go through a metal detector in order to be inside of there. Um, and I think you, you, I think you got searched. You went through a metal detector, and then mm. you got searched as well. Uh, most of the people that were in there appeared to be in the media in some way. Right. Yeah. So that was actually the the spectator area for the most part. Uh, our friend Ford Fisher with News to Share went into that area where they told him he couldn't have a helmet, and they also confiscated his tripod. Because that's a weapon. The helmet uh, was actually listed on the... Prohibited no helmets. Yeah, no helmets were in the state of emergency. No helmets, no shields. Um, so, so not only can you not have a weapon to shoot, you can't try to stop from being killed. That's right. That is true. Because that's literally, I mean, you can't really, it's hard to kill someone with a helmet or a shield. A helmet and a shield are effective in trying to stop from being killed. Yeah. So in, in, in Virginia, Governor Ralph Blackface Michael Jackson Northam, the only man who decided to play Michael Jackson by putting shoe polish on his face, Decided that it was illegal to not be killed. That's right. Or have a uh, tripod. There was also a counter protest going on at the same time from the mm-hmm. March for Our Lives crowd, which was, oh, yeah. which I've, as we all know, is led by the Never Ending Chode, David Hogg, which I guess Never Ending Chode is yeah. sort of oxymoronic, uh, in which. <laughs> And he went on a Twitter rampage, Virginia is in a state of emergency because white supremacists and Nazis are using their Second Amendment rights to shut down the First Amendment rights of students, veterans, and clergy. Here is a comprehensive list of people whose First Amendment rights were shut down by the rally yesterday. Right. So here was his second tweet. He said, the gun extremists made it too unsafe today for young people to rally and practice our First Amendment rights so a March for Our Lives and others spent the night in the Capitol building to make our voice heard and reduce the chance that we're assassinated. Here's the translation to that. 
Somewhere between 22 and 35,000 heavily armed people were in a smallish city and no one died. And one person was arrested for covering her face with a bandana. 35,000 people, one arrest. Get into the spoilers. Um. Sorry. Probably, (laughs) probably one of the safest days in Richmond history ever. Easily. Easily one of the safest days in Richmond history. One person was arrested in the city of Richmond with 35,000 well-armed people. Possibly because if you're a criminal... That wasn't a good day to crime. <laughs> Definitely not a good day. <laughs> if you were looking to crime someone, a day when almost everyone is walking around like they're ready for the freaking Civil War to pop off is probably not the day or time for such a thing. Very true. Which arguably sort of does away with this whole argument that it was unsafe for people and that they risked being assassinated. So his. Okay, let's go on. And then I'm going to go back to David Hogg because there, I have some other things that I want to uh, okay. bring up about him, sure, but I want to get through the rest of the, I want to get through the good stuff before I make fun of him more. Oh yeah. Um, the media, uh, along with David Hogg called uh, the people in the rally, of the far right, white, white supremacists, white extremists, whatever. Yep. Yep. All of that. Yeah, and we have some pictures of the white supremacists in a bit. We do. We'll uh, Trump tweets, as mm. Trump does, <laughs> the Democrat Party and the great Commonwealth of Virginia are working hard to take away your Second Amendment rights, Second as though Amendment he right. hasn't been working on that his, on his own. Right. This is just the beginning. Don't let it happen. Vote Republican in 2020. Yeah. Now, we can forget Reagan. Because Republicans will never listen to you when you talk about Reagan. Trump has done more to hurt the Second Amendment than Obama. Yep. That is that is fact. That is a factually accurate statement. That is a factually accurate statement. That requires very little research to even find out or know in the first place. <laughs> That's true. It like It's not even like you have to dig real deep. There was a net relaxation of gun restrictions at the federal level under Barack Obama. Under Trump, there has been a net increase in restrictions, including a reversal of some of the relaxations that happened under Barack Obama's BATF. And he's been pushing for more state regulations on, well, everything, but especially guns including red flag laws and different accessory bans and stuff like that. So there has been an across-the-board net increase on restrictions. Now, let's say something about Trump. Whatever you want to say about him, he knows how to exploit a crisis. He does know how to exploit For his own personal political gain, and he has nailed it on this one. Oh, killed it. This is so good for his optics. So good for his optics. Trump, if nothing else, yep. knows how to sell himself knows how to promote himself and he kind of knows good optics. Uh, every once in a while he, he does a big swing and a miss, uh, but he knows optics. Yeah. 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 But in this case, he knocked it out of the park because every one of his followers is going to eat that one up all the way to election day. Yeah. And there were Trump flags all through the rally. 
These are people who probably not that long ago were very upset about the infringements being placed on them by Donald Trump's administration. And now, because of this, they've rallied right back around the MAGA flag. So, in an election year, in a swing state that has become increasingly blue, it was purple, and it's becoming bluish purple, or purplish blue, and he just repurpled it a little bit. He just so, repurpled it. A bit. He just re-redded that purple somewhat. I will, okay, so I will say that Governor Northam, Governor Blackface, mm-hmm. he has repurpled it. He has repurpled it. He has not helped. Trump, yeah. yeah. Trump took from the repurpling and kind of added to it a little bit to make it more of a mauve. Right. I think. I don't really a, know a colors. Reddish, a reddish a uh an exposed blood purple shall we say sure. yeah uh governor uh, uh northam and uh his friend lieutenant governor serial rapist have not helped much in uh in virginia uh but so there were people uh protesters walking the streets of downtown richmond open carrying all sorts of weapons there were people in hawaiian shirts to do the boogaloo didn't happen mm-hmm. but they did do the boogaloo uh, Alex Jones showed up with a battle tank, uh, and then even our good friend and pre- LP presidential candidate uh, Daniel Taxation is Theft Berman showed up with his signature hat and put some stuff on. Alex a... Jones, that's Alex Jones tank. Oh, even though it says Virginia State Police, that's Alex's. Yeah, Alex bought that. That is his tank. He was very happy that. Uh... He was very happy that he left it on there all day long. He nice. actually has a video of him following Alex Jones, and he said, Alex, Alex, uh, taxation, is taxation theft? And he goes, without representation, yes. And he goes, is it is it theft? He goes, yes, definitely theft. And Something. so he let him put the, the stickers on his on his tank? They're, they're magnets. Oh, um, cool. And he left, let him put it on there and left him there all day. That is funny. Well, good for Dan. Yeah. That was some good optics there for that day. That uh, was some good optics. There were people chant, chanting, shouting chants such as, we will not comply. Uh, once it was uh, time for the rally to end, the protesters dispersed. There were no reports of violence. There were even demonstrators picking up trash off the streets of downtown Richmond as they left a pro-Second Amendment rally saying that it was a birthday present for Governor Blackface and, and to show that, you know, they they, they come and, and, you know, leave it cleaner than they came. Right. Again, no no violence in no this violence. incredibly dangerous situation with all these guns and, around each other. And uh, there was one arrest, as Spike said earlier, and it was a girl that was wearing a bandana over her, ma- uh, uh, over her face, and she was arrested under the anti-mask law that they have in Virginia. But uh, Hamp Yance commented it was two cities over, though. So it wasn't even in Richmond. Oh, well then... I mean, and we'd have to double-check that. But if, if what Hamp is telling us is true as far as that arrest... Then there no, were no arrests. No arrests in Richmond that day. That day in the entire city of Richmond. So if, if Ham's correct, then there were none. And if it was in Richmond, there was one in a city in the capital of Virginia with 30-some-odd thousand visitors 
most of whom, almost all of whom, were heavily, heavily armed. Now, here's what I heard from the left today. And when I say the left, I mean like the Democrat left. The far left, the true far left, are actually as pro-gun as we are. Not necessarily for the same reasons, but they are pro-gun. In fact, some of the best pro-gun quotes you'll ever read are from Karl Marx. All that aside, the left, the Democrat, neoliberal, whatever left, their their message uh, for yesterday's was that yesterday on Martin Luther King's birthday, on National Cheese Lover's Day, and Martin Luther King's birthday in the capital, in what was the capital of the Confederacy, a bunch of white supremacists showed up to say that they cared more about their guns than about Dr. King's legacy or the safety of our children. That's what they went with today and yesterday. Now, now, first of all, let's let's here's a picture of some of the neo Nazis that showed up well, for the rally. I was wondering what you what what you did with those. I was like, you didn't put them up. <laughs> and there were more pictures like this. There were. Asian people, there were black people, there were gay and trans people, there was an Antifa group that showed up. There were people across the spectrum of color, race, religion, and even political ideology to say, we don't want to be disarmed by the government. Were most of them white right-wingers? Probably. But there were a lot of people there. And it was organized by a group called the Gun Owners of America who are outspoken when the police kill law-abiding gun owners, including law-abiding gun owners of color like Philando Castile when he was killed. This was not a neo-Nazi rally. Were there some bad actors there in a group of 30,000 people? Sure. Were they the main people? No. Can you stop them from coming? Go ahead. One of the speakers at this rally was, I think I can still call her a friend of the show, uh, Antonia Okafor. Okafor, yeah. Antonia Okafor, who I believe she works with the NRA. She did Uh, work with the NRA. She's with the GOA now. Oh, is she with GOA now? Yeah, she's with the GOA now. Her. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled because we crap all over the NRA, and I'm so happy she's with the GOA now. Yeah. And Antonia Okafor, who is a 20-something, I would think. Nigerian-American, yeah. Nigerian-American. And she said on her Facebook page, this was the worst white nationalist rally ever. They even let me speak. Mm -hmm. No violence. All of that's accurate. This was not a white nationalist rally. This was was a bunch of people who believe that they have a right to own weapons and carry them in Virginia as allowed by the Virginia Constitution. Let's talk about the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, and the governor and his newly elected assembly is trying to get rid of the Virginia Constitution. Right. Let's talk about because the the the, the, opti- the what I kept hearing was, well, this was the capital of the Confederacy, as though that's why they picked this place. Right. It's the capital of Virginia, where Governor Blackface decided to, and and his you know fellow thugs in 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 government are trying to disarm the populace of Virginia. 
That's why they picked Richmond. It wasn't like, oh, let's go to the former Confederacy and relive the Confederacy with Antonia Okafor and our neo-Nazi friends pictured here. (laughs) It was, that's why they picked it. And then the other thing was, well, why on National Cheese Lovers Day? Why on Martin Luther King Day did they choose it? Was that the day? Well, because that's the only holiday weekend for over a month. And this is when they're passing these bills or proposing these bills. If also, they wait. Also, there is usually in Virginia a pro gun rally every Martin Luther King Day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I think it's like 19 years in a row or something. Yeah. So this wasn't some isolated case. It was not a bunch of white supremacists saying, let's spread white supremacy on Martin Luther King Day. That's nonsense. Especially when you consider the fact that gun control is very closely tied to oppressing people of color. The very first gun control laws in this country were passed to stop freed slaves from owning weapons. After they were let go, the white people thought, holy crap, all these people that we've been enslaving are now free. We better not let them own guns because they might, I don't know, get upset, kill us. And so they passed laws making it illegal for them to own weapons. And as a result, it was easy to kill them. And that's why people joined groups like the Ku Klux Klan and attacked black people and black families with little to no fear of any real retribution because they knew that for the most part they didn't have any guns because gun ownership was illegal. That is the history of the beginning of gun control. And since then, every single major law in this country, including gun and drug laws, are disproportionately enforced against people of color. White people are far more likely to own weapons and to use drugs, and yet the vast majority of people that are in state and federal prison on gun and drug charges are people of color. Any new law, especially gun and drug law, is going to be disproportionately used against black people. What better day than the day of a man who fought for the civil rights of people of color to say, we don't want more restrictions that are going to be disproportionately used against people of color. Now, someone said to me, well, the thing is, in this country, gun rights have always been primarily white gun rights. And that's true. That's true of all of them. The country is 70% white, White people own something like 90% of the wealth in the country. The U.S. government has a long history of enforcing and entrenching white supremacy. Every right is going to be primarily about benefiting white people. And every law is going to be primarily about harming marginalized people like poor people and people of color. That is not a reason to support more infringements to be enforced against poor people and people of color. It's a reason to fight against the other thing and to actually try to push for less of an oppressive structure, primarily for people of color. And what better day than Martin Luther King Day? And what better place in Richmond where it's being governed by a man who freaking wore blackface? Multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. To play Michael Jackson... One of those times. 
At least one of those. At least one of those times. But the problem here is definitely people that want to own guns, Matt. Right. Now, uh, back to David Hogg and his ilk. Are we going back to the, the, the tweet? Uh, you don't have to go back to the tweet. Okay. Um, if you were to look at David Hogg's Twitter last night, it's say 9.30 Eastern. Mm-hmm. And I know this because that's when I was scrolling through it. Um, he considered today a big win for March for Our, our Lives. Hmm. because they stood up to them and were peaceful, even though he said in the tweet, we were afraid, so we went inside because we didn't want to be assassinated. Right. But he said, we were we were peaceful to them, and they didn't use violence against us. This is a big win for us. Is it- a lot of people, a lot of people on the left are taking this as a win for the left. And it's only because they can't spin this any other way. It's hard to spin it that way. The entire it's argument about... Hard to, like, that is some backwards-ass mental gymnastics that he is using. The entire argument for common sense gun control is that the average person just simply cannot be trusted with these kinds of weapons. If you have this many people with these kinds of weapons, we're going to have large numbers of murders. People right. are going to get killed. Innocent people. Children. Students are going to get killed en masse if you allow, say, twenty to 35,000 people to go into a city, all of them with weapons. And all of them angry with weapons, too. And all of them there to say with their weapons that they're angry. And to demonstrate how dangerous that was, there were no crimes committed that day. At all, not even just related to, I mean, no one was, there was, like Hampion said, it was a great day for crime two cities away. Yeah. (laughs) With that one arrest. With that one arrest. In Mechanicsville or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Um, it's absurd. Like the. According to Triketa331 over on, Triketa331 over on YouTube, Mm -hmm. uh, we had Barrett Brandon and no one died. Oh, Barrett Brandon. Oh, man. Let me find his picture. Hold on. I think I have it. Give me a second. Talk about something and I'll find his picture. Okay. But David Hogg, March for Our Lives, all of these organizations, all of these people who are these neoliberal, but socialist neoliberals, uh, they are all taking this as though they have won. The fact that nobody committed an act of violence, the fact that nobody died, the fact that nobody, the fact that nobody, uh, I mean, one person got arrested. It was two cities over, according to Hampions. Again, have to fact check that. But nobody got arrested in the city of Richmond having to do with the protest on that day. And they're trying to take it because nobody died, because no acts of violence. And said, our peaceful ways won. No, the fact that you had twenty-two to thirty-five thousand Second <laughs> Amendment protesters out there showing that the vast majority of gun owners are not violent people. Yeah, that's why you were so saying so that they cleaned up the streets. They freaking cleaned up the place. They cleaned up the streets. 
It's so absurd. The people from March for Our Lives have probably, and I'm not going to say they've never, but have probably never cleaned up the streets after one of their rallies. I can't guarantee it. I don't know. Even but, if they even if they did, no one has ever claimed that March for Our Lives is dangerous. That the actual protesters are dangerous. I mean, they're trying to take away Second Amendment rights under the guise of protecting children. Right, but I mean, they themselves doing their march aren't going to like directly try to harm. No one, no one asserts that that's going to happen. But you know, this right. gun rally was going to be incredibly dangerous, and yet. Incredible. And yet, you know, oh, we had to save ourselves from being assassinated by going inside of a building. I have news for you, David. If twenty-two to 35,000 people that were heavily armed wanted to kill you, and they were all in a city, there is no building that would protect you from that. No. Anywhere. There is not a single building in Richmond that would have protected you. You could go into a NORAD base. They're going to get you. So this is people at NORAD would give them to you. (laughs) (laughs) This is Barrett Brandon. So there's a guy, he's a gun shop owner in, I believe, West Virginia. And he showed up with this Barrett 50 caliber sniper rifle, which is used to, uh, uh, it's actually, well, I mean, it's used for many things, but it's, uh, it can also be used to take down some tanks uh, if the sniper is good enough with it and can can hit the tank in the right spot. And he walked around with that. He was a crowd favorite. People were taking photos with him left and right. They loved Barrett Brandon. Crowd favorite. He was a crowd favorite. Now, if Barrett Brandon had wanted to kill someone in that building, they'd be dead. He himself could kill as many people in that building as he wanted to until someone took him out. And yet, everyone made it home fine, except for the one chick two towns over who wouldn't take her mask off, her ba- her bandana. her bandana off. Right. Which there's a whole subject that it's now against the law in sub-zero temperatures or sub-freezing temperatures to cover your face. But it's definitely the problem. Gun owners are the problem, not an overbearing government. It's definitely the, the gun owners that are, that are the problem there, Matt. Yeah. Um, side note on Virginia that uh, I realized today everybody's out there protesting gun laws uh and there's a bunch of other laws on the books that some of us some people might find abhorrent others of us are like hey you know what i kind of agree with that even as libertarians anarchists whatever um but there are two that i found interesting um and i find them interesting only because they're in the same cycle granted one is introduced by a republican the other is introduced by a democrat the one introduced by a Democrat is the national national popular vote compact in which mm-hmm. whatever the popular vote of the country is, Virginia will put its electoral delegates toward that, mm-hmm. toward that, uh, whatever the national, whoever gets the popular vote. The other one was introduced by Amanda Chase, who is a Republican, as I said, would form an electoral college in the state where each one of the 11 congressional districts gets one vote toward governor and the majority vote in each district would decide. Oh. So instead of a popular vote in Virginia, it would get rid of that. It would be an electoral college in the state. In the state. E, which would, I'm guessing, help Republicans. 
Yeah, because it would take like the vast majority of the vast majority, like where the highest concentration in Virginia is, is going to be like your Alexandria, Arlington, Fairfax, um, and the Nova then, area, the 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 right, D- DC Beltway area, and yeah, then, yep, and then down near Virginia Beach. Mm. Those are going to be the two highest areas of concentration, maybe Richmond as well, and the rest of the state, for the most part, is very very conservative. Right. So that would give it typically, if I if I were to guess right now, seven to four Republicans every single time. Now. There are many different debates about what's better, a national popular vote uh, or, you know, uh, or state popular vote, electoral college, drawing straws, whatever. Ultimately, you know, as an anarchist last week, uh, what was it? It's been a week since I said that, right? It's been a week. It's been a week. Uh, As an anarchist, uh, I will tell you that these are basically different arguments about shuffling deck chairs on a sinking ship that's on fire filled with people that are trying to murder you. Uh, But the... Bottom line is, I don't know about the one about how legal the the one that would form an electoral college in the state is. I assume it probably is legal. I would I would that assume would depend, that would depend on the state's constitution. That's what I'm saying. I, I I don't know. I don't know how it is. Here's what I can tell you: the National Popular Vote Compact is actually prohibited by the Constitution. There is something called a prohibition on interstate compacts, which is an attempt by states to make a compact between themselves without updating or amending the constitution to do it. It's called the inter it's, it's, it's a prohibition on interstate compacts. This is literally called the national popular vote compact Mm -hmm. because it is a compact between the states. Now the person who came up with NPV claims, well, it's a compact in name only. It doesn't actually work that way. And yet, it is an agreement that all of these states will agree to do the same thing if everyone else that's signed on to it does the same thing too. It's sort of a we're all going to jump off at the same time agreement or compact. That's what a compact is. Leave it to an anarchist to have to explain to lawyers and politicians that this is blatantly unconstitutional. Now, does that mean that the Supreme Court would actually nut up and buck the states and say, you can't do this. If you want to have a national popular vote, you got to change it with the Constitution. That remains to be seen. But in terms of how it's actually written in the unfit-to-exist document that governs us, this is illegal. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but it is illegal. Right. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting because both of these are in this cycle. Granted, I think one of them has a much better chance of winning, of passing than the other one. Right. However, if all of these states who do the national popular vote compact, if Trump somehow gets the popular vote. <laughs> That's what I tell these people. I'm like, guys, what God, happens? He will sweep. He would sweep in that case. What happens if Trump gets the popular, which I don't see happening, but just imagine the fever dream nightmare scenario for every Democrat in this country. If Donald Trump gets, wins the national popular vote, say, I, I want 100%. Yeah, because he will. Yeah, 
not only will he win, not only will he get your blue state's electoral college votes, he'll remind you of that constantly. He'll be the one. He won't he doesn't win gracefully. He will say, thanks to the, you know, the the Daffy Democrats or whatever he'll call them, signing away their votes for the National Popular Vote po- uh, Compact, I got 100% of the of the electors. That would be hilarious. And again, we're not Trump fans on the show, but that hilarious. Uh Triketra331 said California's got struck down. Was that at the federal level or was that at the like appeals court level or by the Supreme Court? I mean, my again, my understanding from uh uh my understanding from from, you know, uh how it's written in the constitution is that this kind of compact, which would be an interstate uh, 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 compact specifically designed to subvert the original process set forth in the Constitution by them all just agreeing to do something outside of that, would be... Okay, so it's at the state level. Yeah, I, I, I it, again, we've seen how many times the Supreme Court goes, oh, is this popular? Uh, okay, well, we'll just do it then. We saw it when they first uh, made... Uh, after uh, about 50 years of trying to pass immigration restrictions that were ruled unconstitutional by by the Supreme Court, because they were, uh, the Democrats were finally able to get enough of their favored uh, justices in place to look at uh, the Chinese um, Exclusion Acts and say, oh yeah, no, this is fine because people are commerce. And that same skewed definition of commerce has been used as an excuse and rationalization for everything from the Obamacare mandate to all sorts of different gun control laws. All of these things are very exclusively uh, uh, not allowed, explicitly not allowed as per the Bill of Rights and the Tenth Amendment. But they do it. So could it happen? It could absolutely happen. Right. So speaking of things that can happen, it's time now. For the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, Matt. Well, great day in the morning. Great day in the morning. Great day in the morning. So we finally, after what, two, three weeks? Uh, I think this is the first time Chris has called in this year. Well, that's in this decade. This decade. It's been a decade. It has been a decade since we last heard... Any questions from personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law? Chris Reynolds, how the hell are you? I have. It's been a decade. I ain't seen you in a June bug's age. No. No. I combined two things there. Yeah, you did. I haven't seen you in a. Oh no. No, don't. <laughs> so, let's go with this first one. From Chris Reynolds. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. So as a trial attorney myself, watching uh, the impeachment trial um, makes me think that I'm watching something that really doesn't resemble a trial in so many ways. More ways than I can fit on this 60-second message that I'm allowed to give. So... um, I guess really my question would would be more of, you know, I guess one, why don't we have codified rules about something so important? And two, what 
rules would you all use um, to do this, um, to, 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 to govern the impeachment hearings? So, thanks. I'll let you go on this one first, Matt, because my answer is simple. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to get into uh, the impeachment right here in a minute and we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're getting deep into this yeah um so buckle in if you thought this was gonna be a short <laughs> show um but we um so you're right there are no codified rules on how impeachment works right. every impeachment is going to be different from the impeachment before it um because of that a lot of arguing and bickering happens beforehand as we've all been watching i'm assuming that everybody that's watching us right now is kind of up to date on everything that's happening uh because we have a higher than average intelligence i guess we have a very high intelligence of people intelligent number of intelligent people watching the show we have a very high i don't even want to say high iq they're just super brilliant and right. and, and and pretty too beautiful to people i'm on the pulse of what's happening in this world Thumb on the pulse and just looking, looking on fleek oh, at all times. Just, just gorgeous. Just freaking ravishing. Wake up in the morning. Don't even best have to put on any audience. makeup. Just freaking yeah, like that. Best looking audience out there. Best looking and smartest audience in history. Yes, easily. Um, so you, you've seen all of the turmoil that's going on with the impeachment. And it's mm. like, oh, should we use these rules? Should we not use these rules? We want new rules, whatever. Uh, as to why there's never been any rules written down for this, I can't answer that. That makes no sense to me. You yeah. would think that they would have put something together. But that never happened. Nope. Had there, like, what rules should there be? I... <laughs> it's all a charade it really doesn't matter yeah um like it's, this is a purely political this is pu- th- today today's is purely political literally today's yeah purely political however yep even the ones in the past purely political um all of it's been purely political and it's just been a way to try to gain support for one particular party. And typically it kind of backfires on them. Now, as far as what rules there should be, I would say you should need an actual judge. Mm. Cause there isn't one. That's interesting. Like that, that we'll get into that more, but I would say at bare minimum, at bare, bare minimum, you need an actual, impartial, good luck, judge. That would be a fun one. Of course, then you got to have, who, how, who, how are you going to pick who that judge is? Right. Here's my answer. Could you imagine trying to get somebody passed? The Congress. Yeah, exactly. Like, who, who, who is the Senate going to agree would have on? would happened by now. Nobody would get selected. Right, exactly. I, so my answer, Chris, is that the reason it's set up this way is because it's entirely political. This is not to find out if someone committed a crime, even if that might have been the intention. It's to find out if they have the political will in Congress to remove the president. 
and they do their best to, you know, influence public opinion to try to put pressure on wavering politicians to either support it or not support it, depending on which side you're on. That's literally all it is. It's a big, it is the definition of... I don't know if it's a definition, but it is a prime example of a true kangaroo court where it's just all about the political, unless you have a clear-cut case of murder or fraud or something like that, something like obstruction of Congress is, or contempt of Congress or whatever it is, that's a pretty, like what, you didn't help Congress? I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, is is that not considered a check or balance? I, I I'm not I'm not sure. But but regardless, it's it's a purely political process. So they intentionally keep it super vague so that whoever is in charge can make the rules in a way that befits them as much as possible. Yeah. My solution to it is anarchy. It's anarchy. Now I do have an impeachment plan as part of uh, it's plank number nine of my. Verbal agreement for an even better America that is part of my platform with uh, Vermin Supreme uh, is to impeach every member of the Supreme Court and replace them with the janitor, whose name is Reginald, and he will be our king. Now, I am not against extending that to the executive and Congress. I am fine with the... I believe that the, the rule of King Reginald will be fair and firm as needed. And so I'm fine with that. Let's go to the and, next question. Go ahead. And to, we're going to get into this in a minute. But literally, this is going to be breaking news. But you'll be able to see just how much of a political show this all is. All right, here's the next one. With the breaking what? news when we talk about it. Breaking news. Coming soon. Coming soon. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with Trump time. So as uh, Trump is the defendant in his impeachment uh, trial, um, he, of course, is halfway around the world at the Davos summit um, fighting with good old Greta, which I know that uh, the Muddy Waters media aren't a huge fan of Greta either. Um, How dare but you. I would love your all's thoughts on the uh, the summit, uh, the World Economic Forum summit, um, and the fact that uh, Donald Trump doesn't have to attend uh, his own trial. Thanks. Oh, the impeachment trial? I, I mean, listen, the Davos is an attempt of... Uh, large established governments presiding over developed economies to basically entrench themselves. And so then what happens is you have special interests like environmentalists, like Greta Thunberg, uh, or the I should say the people who are behind Greta Thunberg, right. uh, to go and pressure them to pass restrictions and, 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 and pledges like the Paris Accord that they themselves will not actually abide by, but they can virtue signal back to their constituents that they're doing something which they're actually not, and which ultimately accomplishes nothing. Because even if the entire Western world stopped producing carbon, that entire loss of carbon output would be completely offset by gains in China and India within the decade. And the, and the Trump trial thing... I mean, that's wealthy and powerful people rarely have to attend their trial. <laughs> they usually just 
let the trial commence while they're off doing something else. And this isn't really a trial. It's a political exercise. So, Did you have anything to add to that? No, I can't. I mean, you kind of hit everything there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <not> <laughs> um, okay, so now we have one more uh, from John Galt, actually. No, but it's Chris Reynolds. It's Chris Reynolds. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your baseball break. By the way, I'm liking Chris. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's got his own podcasting rig. His his his. Uh, he he's getting a bit of a radio voice there. Yeah, he's getting good, and it, the the quality's sounding good too. Yeah, you can, you tell, can he's, tell he's not doing it in his car anymore. Like he's being serious about this. I'm I'm he liking is. it. I'm like he's becoming our third our third co-host. I'm cool with right. it. So with um. The recent revelations that we have had some cheating going on with uh, both the Houston Astros and Boston Red Sox. Uh, There's been a petition. Okay, first of all, we know that there was cheating with the Houston Astros. There's been an investigation. We know that this has happened. Mm -hmm. There is no evidence that the 2018 world champion Boston Red Sox cheated, even though they had the person that was in charge. No investigation has happened. That I am going to hold off on for all of eternity because they didn't cheat. You can continue. Um, in, I believe, Los Angeles uh, for the Dodgers to um, actually have the um, – the World Series title for the last couple of years, vacating the titles for the Red Sox and for the Houston Astros. Um, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on whether or not you think that it was wrong, what what was done by uh, the uh, Astros and Red Sox, or if it was per- perfectly permissible. Thanks. So a couple things wrong with what Chris said. One... They already said that the titles are not going to be vacated. So the Houston Astros get to keep their world champion, world series championship 2017. uh, Mm -hmm. But they have a series of fines and something about international trading. I can't remember what it was. Um, They ended up firing a bunch of people in their organization and they have a whole new staff from them. Um, but they get to keep their, they get to keep their championships. So they're not going to be vacating any other championships. Okay. Uh, especially because the players on the Astros have all gone, Oh yeah, we were doing that. They had this whole trash can thing figured out. Um, and the Red Sox have not been found because there's been no investigation yet. So, and they already fired the manager who they hired from Houston. So they're getting out ahead of that one. Now, should it be allowed? They were stealing signs. They were figuring out what people's signs were. And then when, through use of video cameras and through use of other electronic devices and using Apple watches, they were like sending what pitch was coming next. Should it be allowed? I don't, I mean, 
they're doing the signs out there in the open. If you figure out what the sign is, can you really blame them? Should it be illegal? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's baseball. I'm certain that sign stealing has been going on for literally since the beginning of baseball. Over a century now. Matt Wright did this to a waffle. There is nothing wrong with that either. Chris, thanks again for this amazing personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. I always know he signs out shortly before we start those, and I wonder if he ever goes back to listen. I hope he does, because he, he sounds too. great. He does. He sounded really good in those. He, he, I was... That, He's stepping his game up for this new decade, guys. Is, um, 20, 2020, Chris. So speaking of, I don't know, cheating that doesn't matter. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the uh, impeachment trial officially began today, right? On Tuesday? Yeah, today. Today. today Donald today. Trump's impeachment that was voted on a month ago begun today today his uh peak attorney team consists of oh i should have gotten pictures of these people uh alan i helped get oj off dershowitz so that's actually i mean that's pretty good pick actually uh ken i successfully impeached clinton star uh they apparently work for the star dershowitz law firm with the slogan we got epstein the best deal in the history of pedophile deals he didn't kill himself he didn't kill himself. That's the end of that slogan. Right. The media has been hitting Trump a little bit for choosing Epstein's lawyers, but uh, the media seems to have forgotten. They have been defending him for years. Yeah. And covering up the story counts as defending him. Yeah. Like like now they hate him. Right. Now, now it's like, oh, everybody hates him, so it's fine. It's fine. Like we've been literally covering up any reporter who tries to expose this we just squash it and refuse to publish it. Right. But and now he sucks. We hate him. But always they hated still him. won't really report on whether or not he killed himself. They're just like, no, he killed himself. No, no, we're no. staying out of that one. No. No, you have to go to like freaking British uh, newspapers and, you know, uh, conservative media and libertarian media to find anything about that, even though there's a whole lot of evidence and reason to think that either someone murdered him or he didn't die and he's now living wherever with, you know, facial reconstructive surgery. He certainly have the funds and the means to do something like that. Either way, he didn't kill himself. He definitely did not kill himself. He did not so, kill himself. So the Democrats chose their A team to convict uh, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Consisting of Adam Schiff, who I am convinced is Andy Kaufman. It would not surprise me. In engaging in like the longest lead up to a punchline ever. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. If, if, if anyone would do it, it would be him. If anyone would fake their death like 40 years ago so that they can come back. 30. He didn't die in 19. He died in like 80. He died like 80 in the 80s or late 70s, right? No, I thought it was late 80s. I thought it was like 88. I don't know. Andy Kaufman. We're not doing this show until I find out. 
84. Okay. 46 years, 36 years, Matt. 36 years uh, uh, to come back as a congressman to watch Donald Trump's impeachment. I, I'm telling you, I, I think it's... So Adam Schiff, uh, Jerry Nadler, uh, which, by the way, I refuse Is that to trust... Nadler? Is it, I don't know if it's Nadler or Nadler. I've always said Nadler, but... Um, regardless, I don't trust any man who wears his pants above his nipples. <laughs> um, Hakeem Jeffries, Zoe Lofgren, Val Demings, Sylvia Garcia, and Jason Crow. Yeah. The, the, the A-team... Hakeem Jeffries, of course, being Mr. T of the <laughs> of the impeachment trial. Put that man on a helicopter and see how he reacts. I bet it's not pretty. No. And legitimately, when I was looking at this lineup, the only thing I could think of was that they were picked by the casting director of an ABC family TV show from the 90s. Yeah. No, this really looks like. Oh, that looks so much better than the one. Yeah, no, I wasn't even. I would have tried to make the Real House managers of impeachment trial a little bit more '90s style. Fair, because that looks today. <laughs> yeah, I did that ten minutes before going live, so you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, because this is that other was. No. Oh, I I tried, man. No, I'm you kidding. did. You tried. You did try, but this is this is better. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a lot better. I'm really glad you went with that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it, it 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 feels kind of it feels like a terrible episode of Friends. It really does. It's like on this well horrifically Friends, special Friends episode was, of Friends Blossom. Was nothing but white people. This looks like a terrible episode of. Like, this looks like something that was on ABC Family back in the day when they were like, we need diversity and everything. Give me one of each. It's like a really bad Seinfeld living single mashup (laughs) (laughs) that no one asked for, wanted, or needed. So that's that's certainly uh, how that happened. So Ted Cruz... um, had something to say. He said, I think it's certainly possible that this trial could go, could last one or two weeks. On the other hand, if the Senate makes the, the decision to go down the road of additional witnesses, that could extend it to six to eight weeks or even longer. And I'm the Zodiac killer. And my dad killed John Kennedy. Now imagine and I sent anthrax to myself. Go ahead. Now imagine you are Senator Sanders, Warren Klobuchar. Yep. I think that, yeah, that's all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all of them now. Uh, you are one of those three senators. You are stuck in D.C. You have to be there every day. You can't have your phone. Oh, you can't you have, have a phone? No. <laughs> oh, God. Whew. Yeah, you cannot have a phone. Oh, uh, you wow. can't have like a tablet, nothing like that. You are there. For this. This is what you are focusing on. Oh, my Lord. You have no contact. Anything that you want to send out, you give to a page, and a page will run it out to your staff, and the staff can do it. But you can't do any of it. They want Joe Biden to get this so bad. Why did they wait a month? This is primary season. I know. They uh, want Biden Buttigieg 
possibly Steyer. Steyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <gasps> again, like we said, political theater. This is all a circus. Could Everything I be that you're to... seeing. You're watching the guy with the spinning plates over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, the I've never been to a circus. Uh, <laughs> Don't describe it. What happened for the other side at the circus, Matt? Uh, to get the, the spinning uh, plates guy here with a big hit at the circus. What's going on the, over there? Over there, you've got the uh, trapeze artists. Okay. But the reason the spinning plates guy is over here distracting is because one of them just fell to his death. Oh, God, um, that's terrible. I know, awful, right? Um, <laughs> they should just bring back the elephants. I know they said it was cruelty, but I mean... You know, I, they, I don't... <laughs> elephants are all stuck in the Senate. Um, Ooh, no, that's true. Oh, the elephants are in the Senate. <laughs> no, so... I, am I going to be debating Tom Steyer? Yeah. Either Tom Steyer or Pete Buttigieg. Possibly Bloomberg, but I'm doubting that. That. These are all, like you said, this is all coming up spike. Guys, for those who don't know, and this is not a joke, I am the prohibitive favorite to be nominated vice president for the Libertarian Party right now. Like, that's real. Not a joke. Not a joke. Like, that's probably 70-30 what's going to happen right now. So, all that said, I say for those who don't know, that's probably why you're watching. All that said, (laughs) just in case you didn't know this, guys, uh... I could be debating Tom Steyer. This is freaking crazy. So yeah. what else happened Literally here? Two weeks. Two weeks before Iowa. Two weeks before this Iowa. This is going to go through Super Tuesday. Two Holy crap. Iowa, they are starting this. And they're arguing for more witnesses. They don't want this over quick. Think about it. The Dems they don't want this over quick. They don't want this over quick. The Republicans, a lot of them are like, hey, let's get this over let's quick. Let's get it over with. The Dems are like, no, let's drag this thing out. Let's stretch Through it out. Through Super Tuesday. Through Super Tuesday. Let's make they, it that the only people that can campaign are not uh, Bernie or Warren or, or oh, yes. uh, what's that? Sorry, I, I was saying the only people who can campaign are, but you were going the opposite way. Yeah, no, I'm. I, yeah, you know, not not Bernie, not Klobuchar, not Warren. Basically, the most importantly, not Bernie or Warren. Right. Only Biden, Buttigieg, Steyer, freaking Bloomberg. If did, he didn't, make, if he didn't Cory Booker just drop out, or Cory Booker, Booker dropped Booker out? Dropped out. Okay, he dropped out. But he's in the Senate anyway. But he's so in the matter. Senate anyway. So I mean. This Marianne Williamson should unsuspend her campaign because holy crap! Like Tulsi, Tulsi's got a shot to like. Oh, jump Tulsi! Up. 
they can't Tulsi have a has... phone for a month on on the heated the most hot part of the of the primary the most critical part they can't even call anyone right now once they get out of it's like once getting they get jury of... duty they got jury duty right <laughs> Once they once they get out of session, they can they can get on the phone. They can do everything. Oh, that they okay, need to. okay, okay. So they okay. It's only while they're there. But, but but still, yeah. These things, they're all day. They are all day, and they're talking about these things starting in the morning and going to like two or three in the morning. Like it's it's insane. Like anybody who is paying attention sees that the Democrats are going for Biden. They I mean, it's so it. obvious at this point. It is so obvious. Now, this procedure's now, no. Go ahead. This is a very odd procedure. Yeah. The way that, like, as Chris said in his comment, like, there are no rules. This is the Thunderdome. John Roberts presides over the hearing, but his power is absolutely minimal. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But that doesn't lessen the amount both parties are leaning on him about witnesses. Because, as I said, Democrats want more witnesses. Republicans right. don't. Which is so weird. <laughs> if I were a Republican, I'm like, I want to talk to everybody. Oh, my. Yeah, Lord. I want to get everybody in here. I want to Let drag me... this through November. Right. If I'm a Republican. I'm going to wrap this thing up about October. You know, like... <laughs> So Democrats say it's simple. A trial can't be fair with uh, can't be a fair one without witnesses, right. which is true. Yeah. If you are on trial for something, witnesses are going to be coming in to give their side of the story to try to get you in jail. Right. Republicans counter that if Roberts rules, not Roberts rules as in the how Roberts how to rules of order, him, right? That we've but, been but John Roberts to, yeah. he rules. That witnesses can't like they they are going to get new witnesses. He will have to recuse himself from every Supreme Court case on Trump's claims of executive privilege over potential witnesses like former National Security Advisor John Bolton and acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, which takes somebody out of the Supreme Court for these rulings. But it takes Roberts out, who, if anything, would be sympathetic to Trump. So would he? Trump said that he was a disgrace. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing's ridiculous anyway, because no matter which way he decides, the Senate can vote to overturn the ruling with simple majority and arguments on whether or not Robert should be allowed to vote in case of ties has, have taken over. Right. Because, so, so let's say Roberts decides for witnesses. Right. He's like, yeah, we're going to do witnesses. Put it to a vote to the Senate. Right. A simple majority, 51 senators, says, no, we're not going to allow it. Robert's ruling is overturned, and there are no witnesses. So what's the point of having, like, it's such a weird process. I don't know. Like, Like, this is literally just a, like, this is literally just set up to, like, obfuscate things so that Joe Biden can get the nomination. It's when, such a mess. In 1999, when Judge Rehnquist was presiding over uh, the Clinton impeachment, 
at one point he went to say something and he hit the button on his microphone and he went to the sergeant of arms of the senate or whatever it's called and he said hey my microphone button isn't working he goes oh you don't control that we do you only get to speak when we say you can speak oh wow like the only time that john roberts is allowed to speak is when the senate gives him permission that's like the jury now, granted, in the Senate, it's a little bit different because they, in the Senate, they act as judge, jury, and, and executioner. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But this is sort of like the jury sitting there going, sorry, judge, you can't say anything during this entire thing until we say, okay, you can, you can now speak. You can now voice your opinion. If we don't like what the defendant uh, what the defense says, but we, if we don't like that, we might let you speak. If we like what the prosecution says, we'll let you speak. Like it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest procedure. It's such a weird thing. And Republicans it, are saying they don't even think that the chief justice should, should be able to break a tie uh, with, with a vote that just that if there's a tie vote, it doesn't win because it's a Senate proceeding. Right. And in the Senate, if you get a tie, if you get so if you depending on the type of vote if you don't get 60 votes it doesn't matter if you got 50 or 51 it doesn't matter either and i guess in committee if there's a tie vote you don't have the vice president come in it just fails you have to right. get a majority so what a weird thing and trump is uh his legal team's arguing that the house's articles of impeachment were frivolous and dangerous and should be swiftly rejected by the senate offering a detailed legal defense for why he shouldn't be removed from office back on national national cheese lovers day right now throughout today's hearing there were three amendments uh put up by chuck schumer to uh the impeachment presiding resolution how how this entire thing's gonna run Mm -hmm. all three of them were struck down 53 to 47 which for all of those out there counting is dead along party lines. All three of them. Mm-hmm. Now, the breaking news that I'm going to be reading directly from MSN. Um, Fake news. Because that's the update that I got. Uh, several Senate Democrats are privately discussing the possibility of calling Republicans bluff on witnesses weighing an unusual trade in President Trump's impeachment trial. They are bargaining witnesses. The testimony of Hunter Biden for the testimony of John Bolton. What? What? So, if you're a Democrat, anything that results in some of your main competitors for the primary nomination being taken off the field for an interminable amount, an indeterminable amount of time. And also you have to have Hunter Biden explain the whole Burisma thing. There is no good trade-off. It seems to me, it's so weird that it's the Democrats pushing for the trial to be longer and the Republicans pushing for it to be shorter. Right. It's almost, it almost strikes me as a, as a, a Brer Rabbit 
you know, uh, 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 don't throw me into the briar patch type of situation. It's like the Republicans are saying, oh, no, please don't take the candidates you have that are the most likely to beat ours off the field indefinitely during the most crucial part of the primary season and leaving instead the most hated ones and Pete Buttigieg to to well, campaign. I mean, he's hated. He, so he, he's his his problem is he's relatively well liked, except with black people. Right. And if well, you're a Democrat, not really. he's not liked by Bernie people. He's not liked by. Well, Warren that's true. People. No, you're right. The he's left doesn't like, like black either. people. Yeah, that's true. He's liked by Biden Boomers. people. Yeah, Klobuchar people. Yeah. That's about it. He's liked by boomers. He he's the uh, 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 the the boomer Democrat caricature for what a respectable gay person would be like, right? And so they're comfortable with that, and it will allow them in the same way that they went. I'm not racist. I voted for a black president. They'll be able to go. I'm not homophobic. I voted for Pete, Pete Buttigieg. Right. It is so astounding. This entire thing is so obviously. A farce. Okay, so first of all, you've got Nancy Pelosi who came out and said, we've been working on this for four years, meaning that they've been trying to impeach Donald Trump for four years. They did not care for what. That does not mean that this is an impartial thing where it's, oh, we're trying to protect the Constitution. No. No, Trying to get rid of Donald Trump for four years. Right. You you said it. You said it. Own it. Yeah. And so many people wouldn't care. Is this Nancy Pelosi's 4D chess that she wants Donald Trump to get reelected and for the Democrats to take over the House and Senate because she thinks, probably is correctly so, that she'd be able to get more progressive agenda passed by a Republican president and a Democrat Congress than by a Democrat president and a Democrat Congress? Or am I just, is this black helicopter stuff? That's black helicopter stuff. Because I don't think that them going into impeachment helps them in the House or Senate. No, but uh, structurally, this is the six years after the 2014 Republican landslide. So the Republicans are assuredly going to lose seats in the Senate. They would have to do, they would have to massively over overperform because they have way too many seats. So even if it's a normal election cycle where they do evenly, they're going to lose at least a two or three seats. So, but if you think about, so if you think about it, going back to earlier to uh, the Virginia stuff with Trump's tweet, vote yeah. Republican to protect yourself from this. You said it's going to bolster. You said it's going to bolster his people. I, it is. It certainly that will definitely help. I don't know if it'll be enough to to have them over overperform that much, but it'll certainly help more than if it hadn't happened. So, personal prediction right now. Okay. This this definitely has room to change. Yeah. Depending on what happens throughout the rest of this year. Right now, based on the fact that they're going ahead with this impeachment, the fact that is obviously a farce. Then, personally, I think that she's doing it because she wants Biden to get the nomination. Mm-hmm. I see that the Republicans regain the House and stay even maybe gain one in the Senate this election. Wow. That is a like, bold I, prediction. No, it's a I, hey, it's a bold prediction. I'm not sure, and actually, I'm not sure if they regain the House, but they gain seats in the House would be a better way to put that. Okay. Okay. They gain seats in the House and they gain one to lose one to stay even. 
plus or minus my, one where they are now. My prediction is that they lose a negligible number of seats in the house and possibly keep their their Senate majority. Maybe not, but possibly keep their Senate majority and Vermin Supreme and I are your next president and vice president. If Vermin Supreme and I do not get the nomination, then I see Trump getting reelected. That's my prediction. But in terms of the House and Senate, I do think that the Republicans will lose. I think they might lose less than they were going to. Um, actually, they might gain in the House. I mean, that, that's, a, that's an every two-year cycle. So it, it's, it's possible that they might that they might gain or just stay. I think it's not going to be a big difference one way or another. I don't right. think it's going to be enough to change who's in control. Um, yeah, I, the, the Senate's going to be I the... I think that the Republicans are going to gain, especially in Trump-heavy, like Trump, states where Trump is very popular. Right. With Democratic congressmen. Yeah. That's where they're going to have their biggest swings. I can see Virginia heavily voting for Republicans. That I can see. I can see Virginia out, outperforming for Republicans. But again, yes. keep in mind, if you look at the states that Republicans won in 2014, that they were not expected to win in, they're now having to defend that in 2020. I, I, I do think they're going to lose in the Senate, but I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be hard to tell. And it, I mean, again, you know, we, we've got uh, 11 months. Yeah, so we've got a long got way to go months. to tighten these we've up. Yeah. Months, but based on based on this. Like when when the Republicans did uh, the impeachment of Donald, nope, of Bill Clinton, <laughs> when the Republicans did the impeachment of Bill Clinton in '99, mm-hmm. the Republican won the presidency, but the Demo- but the Democrats did, or no, sorry, in '98, mm-hmm. after the impeachment had started, yep, when they were first going through with it, the Democrats outperformed everything that they thought. Democrats were going to do. That's true. That's true. That's and I'm basing true. it strictly on that, on why I believe this. Okay. And and it could very well be, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's very far out. Um, so we will see. But yeah, no, this is a total circus with all the plate spinning one would expect at the circus. Do they not do uh, that at circuses? I, not the ones I was at, but, hmm. but. Um, all the clowns are getting in the car. Do they do that? Is that a thing? They do the clowns and they do the elephants. All the clowns and they, are getting and, in and the they, car while the trapeze artist is falling. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe maybe they do maybe they do the plates. I, I don't. That's more of a, a variety show thing than a than a circus. But maybe they do that at the circus too. I'm not sure. Speaking of circuses, I've got some campaign updates for the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign that's been just picking up all sorts of steam, Matt. It's a real thing that's really happening. It's a real thing that's really happening. Like, it's really happening. I will say, uh, if I'm going to interject on your campaign update here. Sure. Uh, Georgia, first, big shout out to uh, Ryan and the rest of the yes. party of Georgia. Uh, great they job. They did a great job. Yep. Their convention, yep. good time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very well put on, very professional. Yes. Uh, big shout out to Tom Arnold and the rest of 3L. Yes. Uh, they did fantastic they setting up the debate. Amazing. Yeah. Just awesome. Yeah. Awesome job by them. Mm-hmm. Um, big shout out to the convention center for, uh, keeping that coffee flowing. Cause thank you. That was a uh, good venue. I mean, that was, was, a, that, that was a really nice venue. That was nice. 
Yeah. There was plenty um, of room. It was I was very happy. The Tennessee one was that you weren't at that, but the Tennessee one was nice too. These were good places for conventions. No, absolutely. And um But yeah, it was great. The debate the debate was fantastic. Was terrific, yeah. The debate was fantastic. The uh the entire panel was entertaining in some way. Yes. Correct. <laughs> That I will give you. Everyone yeah, there had was, like, was entertaining. How do I word this correctly? Every everyone in that panel was entertaining in their own special way. Yes, in their own special way. Everybody yep. was entertaining, there wittingly or not. People, a couple of people I had never heard of that really impressed me with their performances. Mm-hmm. There were people that I had heard of uh, that did not impress me, but I wasn't expecting them to. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to name names. Nope. Uh, Thank you, Jafy. <laughs> we talked about one earlier. Uh, <laughs> But all in all, it was a it was a great convention. Nice job to Ryan and the rest of the crew up there in Georgia. Yeah, uh, Eric Fontaine is watching right now. He is one of the delegates. Going Eric down Fontaine. To uh, thank you to everybody who turned out. Thank you to yeah. everybody yeah. who uh, showed up. And again, good job by the entire party, the state party of Georgia. That was that was that was well done. Yeah, that was very well done. That was one of the best conventions I have been to this year. Yeah, no, it was, it was <laughs> this decade, this decade, it was the best one this decade. Tennessee was great too. Uh, Georgia was great again. Yeah. 3L productions did, it does uh, incredible work. They are really helping to professionalize the content that's put out by the various state and, and national libertarian party. Um, it, it really taking us into the, the 20, uh, 21st century with this stuff, the, uh, into the, the social media and internet age with amazingly high quality video. Um, the, uh, um, the, uh, Libertarian Party of Georgia, terrific job with their convention, uh, had an absolute blast even during the boring parts. Uh, they kept it interesting. Um, so, I mean, really, really good job. Shout out to Joe Jorgensen for the pizza and hot wings, the vivacious pizza and hot the wings, vivacious vivacity. Pizza. Um, shout out to Mark Whitney, who uh, apparently hosted a barbecue that we missed, um, the night before. Um, but, uh, real quick, if anybody doesn't know who mark whitney is yeah go research this guy yeah not not endorsing anybody i'm not endorsing anybody at all throughout yeah yeah, yeah. The entire thing but um he's a really interesting guy that and he had he used to be a stand-up he was a stand-up comedian yeah and he's actually got i think he still man. is i think he still is a stand-up comedian yeah he might be yeah, uh, and he's got a one-man show that I don't remember the name of. Um, um, um uh, fool for a client. Yes, fool for a client that was really good. Yeah, it was funny. It, it, was, it was funny. It, it was, was good. Funny, and it was it, it was funny, and it was poignant, and it told yep. a great story. Yeah, and it's all true. Yeah, and it's it's good. Yeah, it's good. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, and he did a good job at the performance. I I I, I wish I he he didn't stick around for the after party, so I didn't get to talk to him much. But um, yeah, no, it was a great performance. Um, as we said before, the debate went very well. Vermin Spring came in third. Um, Joe Jorgensen came in second. Adam uh, Kokesh in first. Um, the Southeast is very and and this was part of why I was uh uh, uh picked as uh why Vermin asked me to be his his VP nominee uh, or his VP candidate. Um, was because 
the southeast is where vermin support is 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 the weakest um he's strongest in the northeast and out west and in the the northern states uh, and we're trying to kind of get him more support in the south given that uh, a lot of people who came there who were incredibly skeptical of vermin walked away uh if not being him being their their number one uh, uh their number one pick uh at least them uh giving him a second look and saying that they're at least okay with him getting the nomination and he might even now be their their second or third pick so it, it worked well and, I, and we did actually convert a couple of people to being team supreme and they've actually joined the team so uh it worked very well uh everything went great i uh, did not give a speech i had one already uh, but we ended up not going that way. I just schmoozed people on the uh, on the edge uh, on the periphery during the business uh, session. Uh, got to uh, got to interview one of my absolute heroes. Actually, two of them: Joshy Bear Smith, who's 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 my hero in a wind beneath my wing type of way. Uh, but I got to interview him. Uh, that's on the Muddy Waters page. Uh, under the red carpet interviews and then i got to interview one of my absolute heroes and she was also the opening keynote speaker at the convention uh one Catherine bernard uh, of spartacus legal who has she's fantastic she is fantastic it's fantastic go look up on muddy waters media after this is done go look up my red carpet interview with uh Catherine. it's not that far down um or even just search in in uh in 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 facebook for uh, for uh, a red carpet interview, Catherine Bernard, it will come up. Uh, she is terrific. She has had clients who were caught on camera selling weed and growing weed. And she has gone into court and explained jury nullification to the jury and gotten not guilty verdicts. Not once, not twice but three times and it's reached a point now where when where when she gets a drug crime chart you know a, a drug trial a client that's being charged on drug charges and she shows up to court the prosecutor dismisses the case they they do whatever the procedures call where they where they where they uh, nullify the charge fail to prosecute and drop the charges because at this point they're scared that she's going to do enough of these where it sets a case precedent and effectively nullifies all drug uh, laws in Georgia. This woman is, if there were a thousand of these women in the country, the war on drugs would be over. If there were a hundred of her, the war on drugs would be over. She yeah. is absolutely terrific. And she also, we gave her a special gift because we also auctioned off a libertarian dad bod calendar there. That's not that, like giving a gift. Well, she, I mean, she, we gave it to her with a donation. <laughs> she was the highest bidder, so we gave it to her. Right. Seemed only you, fair. You gave it to her for money. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't for us, though. It was for, you know, a worthwhile cause for the Libertarian Party. Uh, but so she... Uh, so she did that and we all signed it and I wrote her a very heartfelt note about how awesome she is and how she's my hero. I was really fanboying around her a lot. Um, cause she's, and then it turns out she's a fan of the show and she loves muddy waters and yep. like we're her favorite people. So that was kind of cool. So no, it was really, it was really, really great. We had a terrific time. Uh, can't wait to see the people there again. Great job for team Supreme. I gave Eric Fontaine my pin for doing such a great job 
I blocked the entrance way as we were told by some folks. Yes. Hampions. Yes, that is correct. What's that? She is vivacious. Yes. Yes. She, she is the definition of vivacious. Catherine Bernard is vivacious. Yes. Oh, and by the way, she's a Republican. She's mm-hmm. not even a Libertarian Party member. Nope. She's a Republican. Actually, I think she might be a Libertarian Party member too, but she's a Republican. Right. Now, it's for strategic reasons, but she's a Republican. Oh, not only is she a Republican, she was the one who refused to vote for Mitt Romney. She was an elector, a delegate to the RNC in 2012, and she refused to vote for Mitt Romney. She voted for Ron Paul. She was that one. So she's just a hero all the way around. All the way around. I think no, she, she, is. She, she is amazing. The work that she does is incredible. And um, if you're in Georgia and you get arrested, especially for a drug charge, for call anything, her. call her. I don't know what she costs. Pay it. Whatever it costs to get her to represent you in court in Georgia, do it. Yes. Sell your blood if you have to. I don't, I don't, I, I believe she's affordable too. I think she, cause she tries to work with, you know, cases that are what doesn't matter because yeah, a million dollars, based on, based pay it off the for the rest of your life. Telling us about, those people are not rich people. Yeah. They were not wealthy people. One of the guys was unemployed. He went there to look for a job. Yeah. He, yeah. He, so one of them was a guy named uh, Roberto Williams or Antonio Williams. Yeah. The guy had fallen on hard times, was looking for a job. And the people advertising the job were Georgia State Police, Georgia Narcs, who, you know, did this horrific Cheech and Chong impersonation when he showed up to get a job. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get you a job. But can you sell us some weed, man? And so the guy went and found weed to sell them so we could get the job. I mean, pure entrapment. But the bottom line was he sold them weed, and that's completely against the law in Georgia, and they they had video evidence of it. And she got him off that charge. Not just because how they did it was crooked, but because she got them to judge whether the law itself was moral or not. She's a jury nullification defense attorney. She is... Kendrick, that is that is touching. She says she loved the, loved the show. Can't believe I sat still this long. You guys love... Christy Kendrick is with the, uh, thank you, Christy, by the way. Thank you so much. She is with the Libertarian Party of Kentucky, who is having their convention March 1st, I believe. And I am almost certain that I'm going to be there. The plan is to be there uh, representing Team Supreme in Kentucky. Uh, They're going to be having their convention at a national park. Fun fact there. National huh. Park. So, go ahead. Mm-hmm. National Park, Matt. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I heard that. So, anyway, so yeah, so it was a great fortnight for Team Supreme, winning the New Hampshire primary, just cleaning up. Kim Ruff endorsed me. Can I just say that again? So did John Phillips. Let's not, yeah. Well, so, he actually didn't. Oh, he didn't because he's with the LNC. Oh yeah, yeah, and he can't endorse people. Right. I thought that he 
did that publicly. I did not realize. Yeah, no, he he actually can't. There's not. It would be. I don't think it breaks any rules, but it's it, you know it's a level of propriety right, no, that it. he. Never mind. He did not endorse you. He did not endorse me. I haven't even endorsed you. <laughs> I know, and you have no excuse. Not to. And you're <laughs> even a member of the party again because uh, becoming uh, getting entry into the paying entry into the Libertarian Party of Georgia makes you a one year voting member. So we get to vote there, even though we're not Georgia residents. That's how their rules are. So Matt Wright, guys, for the first time in four years? Something like that, yeah. Is a member of the Libertarian Party. I am. And didn't even know it at first. Yeah, I didn't know it when I paid the fee to go in, and then they told me I was. Yeah. So. It was like entrapment. (laughs) Anyway, still won't endorse me. Still won't endorse me. So, uh, so yeah, no, John did not endorse me because he can't. But we're really good friends. And he does love me. And I'll let you decide what that means. But he didn't endorse me. Uh, but Kim Ruff freaking endorsed me. Kim Ruff, who, in my mind, was potentially the front runner, definitely one of the top competitors for the race, dropped out and made one endorsement. me so guys be sure to tune in tomorrow night for my fellow americans where my special guest is vice presidential candidate spike cohen we're going to be giving a little bit more detailed synopsis of the goings-on that I've had this past fortnight in Tennessee and Georgia, including video of my speeches, because I had two of them. Video of my red carpet interviews and all sorts of fun stuff that happened while I was out of town campaigning for Team Supreme, your next vice president. And it'll also be an Ask Me Anything. You can ask this sexy boy... Look at that. Team Chessbeard. Hashtag Harry Gang. Look at the reaction from the public there. Yeah, they, they look uh, enthralled. That guy that's in the background, don't take that down. The guy that's in the background. In the uh, red. In the red? Yeah. In the cowboy hat? He is Kenneth, a professional. Kenneth, Kenneth Blevins. Yeah. That yeah. is Blevins. Kenneth Blevins, yeah. Kenneth Blevins. Maybe it's Nathan Blevins. Mr. Blevins. Yeah, he is a professional bull rider, mm-hmm. and he is one of the candidates that was running for president yep. uh, at the debate. Yep. And he uh, he showed us some of his bull riding scars. As well as his bull riding championship belt buckle. Yeah. That dude's pretty hardcore right there. Yeah. I wish he had mentioned that he was a bull rider in the debate. That would have given him so many more cool points. I thought I'd, he he went up like 15 points. On the twenty point cool scale, the man that I just has made no up. collarbones that you can see because, because like, they're all just like, like that. Like right, it just this, like does like, this. Yeah, yeah it just like does a thing, and on. He's ridden on a freaking I think Brahma bull for eight seconds.
I think that was even fast. It was close. It was really close. But yeah, no matter what, that it's dude's hardcore. That dude's bull. hardcore. Go when this is over, and after you've watched the Catherine Bernard, I'm giving I'm giving you some homework. After you watch the Catherine Bernard interview and the Joshy e. Bear Joshua Smith interview, red carpet interview on Muddy Waters Media, go check out what it looks like to ride a freaking bull. For eight seconds. For any number of seconds, but yes, for eight seconds. And he's done it a few times. Three. Dude is hardcore. I'm hoping he calls in. I might, you know, I might reach out to him and ask him to come on too. Because he was freaking hardcore. He's very nervous during the debate and even said, you know, he's not used to this kind of thing. And he said that it was way more terrifying to him. And I actually went up to him before I even knew he was a bull rider. I was like, hey, listen, man. I could tell you were nervous, and you stayed through the whole thing, and I'm really proud of you. Great job. And then he's like, yeah, that's way harder than riding a bull for eight seconds at a time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, if I had the choice of riding a bull for eight seconds or sitting down for a presidential debate. For about an I'm hour. Taking, I'm, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, hour. Hour and a half, whatever. I'm taking yeah, the yeah. debate. 100% of the time. Oh, easily. Yeah, no, there's not no way. Question. I'm not built for that. I mean, call me a middle-aged Jew with MS, but I'm certainly not going to choose the bull riding. But, you know, that's how he's built. He kept saying, I'm a blue-collar guy. I'm not into this type of thing, and I respect that. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's some hardcore stuff there, guys. Yeah. And after... Go find Fool for a Client by Mark Whitney. Yeah, go find Fool for a Client, Mark Whitney. And watch that. Yeah, that's funny. It's good. That's good. funny. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good funny. Content. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to hanging out with him some more at these conventions. Also, shout out yeah. to John Mons, who decided to jump into the race, a former yep. uh, Libertarian Party gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, and apparently yep. a, a state favorite. He's a, he's a local guy. People like him. Oh, yeah. And if anybody ever has the opportunity to hang out in a hotel room, at one o'clock in the morning with vermin supreme and members of his campaign team do it i highly recommend it you are going to hear stories that i am not at liberty to repeat but (laughs) this is a recommendation and we don't do drugs yeah, like, we don't do drugs. Yeah, this isn't like a, oh, go get high with vermin thing. I'm sure that's an experience, too. We've both been sober for quite a number of years. Right. This is just being around him and his team is an experience. It's an experience. It is definitely an experience, and it's one I recommend to everyone. Everyone. This is ideal for all ages above probably 18. Yeah. I'd say. Just to be safe, maybe sixteen, but let's just say eighteen. Yeah, he it, it he's a, a hilarious guy. His his team is increasingly populated with hilarious people. It's an absolute blast every time I get to hang out with really the libertarian peeps in general, but especially Team Supreme. Absolute absolute blast. So yeah, be sure to tune in tomorrow night. Spike Cohen, boom boom boom, and uh, then be sure to tune in next week on Tuesday. Are you doing, are you doing, do you have writer's block this week? No. Okay. Uh, Maybe for Jason, 
on Monday. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting about you. So, and then, because, I mean, he was gone so long. Uh, so then next Monday, probably, possibly, a, an episode of uh, Mr. Mirica, The Bearded Truth. I need to get that graphic to put on here now that he's back on. Vermin Mr. is Mirica. going to be, Sarah, Vermin is going to be in, he's going to be in Florida, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Vermin's going to be in Florida, and um, I'm going to be in Florida. You know who else is going to be in Florida? Alex Snitker, formerly of the Republican Liberty Caucus, also a former Libertarian Party. What? Is it formerly? Yeah. Um, Still involved with them, but formerly of. uh, But also uh, a former vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Florida and also a former, uh, I think, 2014 Libertarian Party Senate candidate. Boom endorsed Vermin Supreme on not one, not two, but three episodes in a row of his show. You'll be seeing plenty of that because we're blasting that everywhere. So he'll be in Florida helping us out and possibly joining Team Supreme. Guys, so that was quite an endorsement. And uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, be sure to be sure to check out uh, on Monday. I, I believe there's going to be Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Uh, with uh, Jason Lyon, and then on Tuesday, next Tuesday, be sure to tune in to the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I will sit down with our dulcet tones and parse through the week's events with cheer and vivaciousness of the vivacious, vivacity boys that we are. Matt? So if you want to follow us on social media... You can go to Facebook at Facebook.com slash Muddy Waters Media. You can go to Twitter at Twitter.com slash Muddy underscore Waters. That's weird. I've never done Twitter that way. I On know. Float, I was going to say you kind of. <laughs> yeah, that one was, that one didn't roll off the tongue that easily. Slash On float. At. <laughs> On float at float.app slash Muddy Waters Media. Uh, on Anchor FM, where you can listen to us. You can take us with you wherever you want and listen to us. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, real quick, guys. We are literally on every podcasting platform there is. Yeah. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Spotify. We are on uh, Apple. We are on Google. We are on Breaker. We are, we're, if you we're have everywhere. it, we are on yep. it. We are on it. So if you just want to hear our soothing tones, the muddy waters of ASMR. Hey guys, we actually have that video. Um, you can find us, or you can just get Anchor and get go to Anchor.fm/slash/muddiedwaters, and you can just subscribe to us right there. You can also donate. You can send in phone calls, like Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. You can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/muddiedwatersmedia, and on Instagram at muddiedwatersmedia. Hey, everybody. This and every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Can I tell you the news? It's me. So just sit back and relax, and I'm going to tell you about the news. This impeachment thing, huh? What's that about? It's like a circus with plate spinning. I miss the days when I had control over the volume. (laughs) It's like a. This is relaxing.
As soon as I heard circus, it would have been like turn down. <laughs> Just let that part go. Hey guys, are you uh what does this do for is this vivacious? Does this feel viva- vivacious to you? Oh it feels Joe Bidenish. <laughs> you smell amazing. Is that Pantene? Pro V. You look like you've got a Pro V. Guys, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of, of the Money Waters Freedom. And where we're going. We don't need roads. Uh, 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 I don't care anymore, man. I really don't. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. Honolulu. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. Honolulu. Yeah. I wanna take you to Honolulu, baby. I wanna go on a vacation. Wanna chill, wanna sit on the beach and chill. Wanna drink Corona Beach and chill. Yeah, put the lime in the drink. Stop and think. Look at your face, man, you're beautiful. Girl, you're beautiful. Never seen nothing so beautiful. Make the beach look like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Make, make everything look like it's nothing. Girl, I love you. Girl, I love you. I didn't notice till now. But I love you so much. I want to be with you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I'm gonna take her to Honolulu. I wanna take her to Honolulu. I wanna take her to Honolulu. Honolulu. Yeah. I wanna take her to Honolulu. I wanna take her to Honolulu. I wanna take her to Honolulu. Honolulu. Back in the day When I used to work and get paid I spent my whole check on you Girl, you were my Whole world My voice is kinda fucking trash But you didn't give a shit about that We used to light it Up and burn ash But now you're gone and I'm here All alone, my life is nothing But a poem Yeah Yeah I wanna take her to Honolulu, Honolulu, Honolulu. Wanna take her to Honolulu, Honolulu. Yo, this is for everybody who's in love right now, man. This is for everybody. I want you to tell that special someone you wanna take her to Honolulu, dog. Y'all go on the beach and fucking chill, man. This is for y'all, man. We love, love, one love. That's it. That's all we gotta do for man. We just wanna show everybody that we mean everything to everybody. Everybody's somebody's somebody. Everybody's somebody's everything. Thank you for the support. Peace.